At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast, the Thursday edition, meaning Matt Humans is in the house at Matt Humans 247 on Twitter. As always, the housekeeping that makes Matt happy. Please rate, review, subscribe. Only a couple weeks left in the regular season. And then our favorite time of the year, Matt, bowl season, which is always a great time to make money. I know people laugh and say, oh, there's so many bowls. You're a better. You love bowl season. It is, it is a phenomenal time, but we're not there yet. Still got games and a lot to figure out before we get to the college football playoffs. So let's jump right into it, Matt, as we always do with the little main course. The main course. I feel like we're just we're, we're speeding along here. I, hi, how are you, Matt? Are you good? Great, Tim. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> how, how about you? Are you? I'm good. We don't need to exchange pleasantries. Uh, you know, get on with the hand. People, people want to get right on. To, Give me the picks. All right, let's get into it. Number four, TCU. Yeah, that's right. Number four, TCU at 18th ranked Texas, 7:30 Eastern on ABC. Matt Humans, and this is where College mm. Game Day, much to. Uh, my chagrin will be. I would have loved to see it at uh, Sean King's alma mater for Tulane, but it is not. It is in Austin, and Texas is laying seven points, and it's pretty much stayed steady at seven. There was, I noticed, a little point in the week where it hit seven and a half, and then I quickly got gobbled up. Uh, before we jump into this game, I don't know if you have a play on it. I do want to point out something, and we always like uh, referencing uh, – a member of your uh, your Friday night contest, Chris Felica the Bear. Uh, he always has some really good nuggets. How about this? This is the first time ever that we have a team with three losses or more laying more than a field goal against an undefeated team. So since 1976, there have been six instances of a team with at least three losses being a favorite 
over a team of 9-0 and record or better in the regular season. However, as the Bear pointed out, none of those six favorites, Matt, were favorited more by more than a field goal. So this marks the biggest a team with three losses or more has been a favorite over a 9-0 and team. How do you look at Saturday night in Austin? Read the betting market first, and you uh, say, why is an undefeated team a seven-point underdog? There's a reason for that. And the line is telling you Texas is the right side here. Also, if you've watched the Horned Frogs, they've been incredibly fortunate, Tim. And I, I don't have to remind you, I think you were on the Texas Tech side. Sure was. A week ago. And how many quarterback injuries is TCU going to benefit from? I believe uh, it has been five. It was part of my write-up on vcin.com. You go back to the Oklahoma game, which I don't really want to throw in here because they thoroughly beat the living daylights out of Yeah, let's not Oklahoma. count that one. But right. Dylan Gabriel did get hurt in that mm-hmm. game. Jalen Daniels got hurt in Lawrence. Jason Bean is not a big drop-off, but still, that's a backup quarterback. The Kansas State game, you and I oh, both on Kansas brutal. State. Kansas State was up 28-10 to 10 28 in Fort Worth. 28-10. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Martinez went out, and then Will Howard went out as well. Um and then last week, uh, the backup quarterback had to come in uh, for uh, for Texas Tech as well. So it has been very fortunate there for uh, for this TCU team to this point. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, for me, I'll make this uh, simple. This is going to be Texas or pass. I haven't decided if I'm going to play it. But uh, I think Texas is the side you have to play if you do. So uh, how about I, Gary Patterson, yeah. by the way? Flip sides in this. Uh, for years, the TCU coach and his goal – he. Every year, the biggest thing to him was to beat Texas. Now he's a special assistant to the head coach, Steve Sarkissian, in Austin. TCU rolls in there undefeated. And now Texas plays a spoiler role here. And um, I think the number's at seven for a reason, Tim. Yeah, and you look at some of the betting splits out there, depending on who you look at. I know Caesars mentioned it was a big discrepancy between over 60% of the tickets, but 60% of the money on Texas. So 60% of the tickets on T, uh, TCU, 60% of the money on Texas. That's telling you something. You look at our VEASAN betting splits on VEASAN.com. It gets around 73% of the bets mm-hmm. as of Thursday on TCU. And, and that's what I put in my you know write-up. I said, what what odds makers have made a mistake here? This is This can't be. So I'm on TCU. Also, you got to keep an eye on Quentin Johnston. Uh, TCU's stud wide receiver rolled his ankle against TCU or against Texas Tech, I should say, uh, did not return. However, he's expected to play, but how how healthy is he going to be, Matt? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been a difference maker. The reason I don't want to lay seven here is that Texas finds ways to make it interesting. Last week they were dominating Kansas State. They only win by seven. Got a little squirrely there. Oklahoma State, they're up big. They blow that lead. So I'm going to put them in a money line parlay, and then it's just who are, who's your dance partner? How much juice do you want to lay? And uh, I, I paired them with Florida State. Maybe that's a bit of a square play. Mm-hmm. They're on the road. I think Syracuse is, is done. Uh, they have so many injuries. And I feel like Florida State, yes, they're coming off of a massive win over a rival in Miami, so backing a team like Florida State makes me a bit nervous there. I, I just think Mike Norvell's team's finding the right time, and they're rolling. So – uh, that's going to be my official play. I wrote it up for the website. Texas, Florida State money line parlay. All right. I guess we can knock the Florida State-Syracuse game out now, too. because You like a, Syracuse in that? No, that's a classic case. It's the cliche of two teams going opposite directions. Yeah. Syracuse going down, uh, Florida State on the upswing, and uh, I don't disagree with your Florida State play there. Also, one thing to consider with Texas, 
the Longhorns played much better at home. Mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers is a better quarterback at home. And uh, Texas is a fast-starting team, Tim, so you might want to consider a first-half bet as well. Uh, the second half, not so much. Yep. Uh, and that's been a problem for the Longhorns, so keep an eye on those trends. Yeah, and, and last thing on this game, Matt, and, and I mentioned it two weeks ago against West Virginia. Obviously, the bad beat uh, happened there, but it, you know it is what it is. Look at this stretch, though, for, for TCU. Their bye week came in week three. So it's been at SMU, home to Oklahoma, at Kansas, home to Oklahoma State, home to Kansas State, at West Virginia, and then Texas Tech. They were losing the Texas Tech game going into the fourth quarter, double overtime against Oklahoma State, uh, came back from 18 down against Kansas State, back and forth against Kansas. It has been a gauntlet here for for TCU. You see some similarities here between uh, Tennessee last week and TCU this week. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. All right, let's get to our next game, a game that you have a play on, and uh, I could potentially be intrigued to to follow you here. We got Alabama coming off of a gut-wrenching loss against LSU. Great call by you. You split one unit last week. You went over 58. Never in doubt, Matt. What a joke. Never in doubt. You know, the LSU, I should have just stuck with the dog. The LSU was clearly the uh, that right side, side was the right side the whole way. But we got Alabama visiting Ole Miss. Ole Miss is coming off of the bye here, Matt. This is going to be your 330 game on CBS. Line across the board right now, Alabama laying 12 with a total of 64 and a half. Yeah, I talked about this game with uh, Mitch and Paul on Follow the Money Tuesday morning. I took the 13 with Ole Miss. I was looking at the market, and I said, is this number going to get to 14? And just didn't see it happening, Tim. It's, it's dropped the other way. You're seeing 11 and a half and 12 at this point. And uh, Nick Saban's defenses have had a lot of trouble with mobile quarterbacks. And not to say Jackson Dart is in the league with uh, Jaden Daniels or anyone like that, even Hendon Hooker. But Dart can run a little bit. He had a he had 95 yards rushing in that game against A&M a couple weeks ago. How about Quinshawn Judkins? Legit big-time running back. He had 34 carries for 205 yards against Jimbo Fisher uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that was a 390-yard rushing performance by Ole Miss at A&M. Uh, so I think Ole Miss is going to be a, a dangerous dog here at home. And also, you know, I heard Brad Powers talking about this on uh, might have been your show or one of the VEASAN shows this week, and it's it's true. This Alabama road trend is, uh, at this point, something you cannot ignore. It's a large enough sample now that you can say the tide has troubles on the road, Tim, and it goes back two years. They should have lost at Auburn last year, should have lost at Texas. You can look at a lot of these games where Auburn's been a big favorite and has um, been underwhelming, let's put it that way, has not come close to covering. And I'm talking about against legit opponents. So I think uh, you have to put something into the tide struggles on the road here and say this is uh, not just a short sample. This is an an extended trend. And uh, it used to be Nick Saban bouncing back from a loss was an automatic play. Not the case now. I think Saban's covered eight in a row after a loss. But, Tim, the first time now in 12 years that Alabama's playing without a shot at the national championship. And the more you break it down, I don't, I don't think there's any way that phony playoff committee could even fix it to put Alabama <laughs> in the playoff at this point. All the different combinations you look at, I don't think it's possible. I, it's very, very hard. The only way would be if LSU loses to both uh, this weekend to Arkansas and, then and then A&M. Texas A&M and yeah. Alabama runs the table. and it's, it's very, very unlikely to happen. I, I, can't, I can't 
go against you on this one. Uh, I, I haven't personally played this one, but there is something off with this with this Alabama team. We've mentioned it before, and you know, you mentioned the road trend. Texas should have lost that game. The Arkansas final score very misleading. Um, if you had the, twenty-eight to twenty-three game, if you had Arkansas on the points, that's a that's a yeah. tough one to swallow from uh, from earlier in the season. So. Ole Miss is the play for you at 12, is it right now? I know you Mm -hmm. had it earlier this week at 13, but it certainly feels like that's the way the market is moving this week. That's true. Um, A game that uh, we usually don't have group of five teams in the main course, but I I do want to mention it real quickly. Number 22 UCF at number 17 Tulane. This will be a 3.30 Eastern kickoff, I think 2.30 local down there in New Orleans. Tulane has been... A great story this year, a tremendous defense there by Willie Fritz. They're a one-and-a-half-point favorite against UCF. We don't really know what the situation is at quarterback for the Knights. Uh, as Mikey Keene played last week, John Reese Plumley dealing with a concussion. I assume Reese Plumley will be back. Um, I don't have a play on this one. I do have a season win total on UCF, so a win there would be nice uh, for that. I think it would clinch it or get one one win away uh UCF coming off of a, a win over Memphis Tulane went out to Tulsa and took care of business there um like I said no play for me would maybe lean a little bit towards the dog here on the money line but uh anything jump out to you about UCF and Tulane on uh, on Saturday afternoon uh I would actually like to play Tulane here I think you and Ty J Spears you got a big time running back yeah. guy who's uh, got 10 touchdowns 745 yards 5.6 per carry. I think Tulane's going to be able to move the ball on the ground. Uh, I'm really impressed by what the Green Wave team has done, Tim, to be 8-1 uh, and one at this point with a win at Kansas State. Uh, it's, Dominated that game, Yeah, too. I don't think there's anything fluky about it. This is a well-coached team, doesn't make many mistakes, and uh, I'm leaning towards the Tulane side. But I've got, uh, I'll have to say, a, a very good source in Louisiana who tends to have a much better pulse on uh, – the Tulane team than I do, so I'm going to check with him before I make right. a play on that and see what he thinks Tulane, uh, closer to Saturday. Are you, short, are you sh- you're not playing this? No, I don't okay. have anything on this one. As mentioned, the only thing I have right now just kind of riding on this game and not necessarily riding on it because I still have some wiggle room is UCF over 8.5 wins. They're 7-2, and two, mm-hmm. so even if they lose this game, they win out in the regular season against some, I think, winnable games, including USF down the road. So a uh, big one there in the AAC, big Group of five implications, especially with the news that Grayson McCall is out uh, for the remainder of the regular season for Coastal Carolina. So you would imagine, Matt, the winner of the AAC will get the berth in the Cotton Bowl on January 2nd. Massive game out west, and Oregon sitting there at number six, Matt, in the college football playoff rankings. Next week, they host Utah. This week, at home, a mid-afternoon game, 4 o'clock uh, Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern. It'll be on Fox. You got Washington taking on Oregon. A pretty big spread. And here's the thing that jumps out. How about this total, Matt, of 72 and a half between these two teams? Washington, not a big proponent of playing defense this no. year, but they could score some points. Any interest in taking 13 with the Huskies at Autzen? A little bit of interest, uh, but I, I tend to be wrong on Oregon games. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why. I, I'm getting the Ducks it's one wrong. of those teams this year. Getting the Ducks It's like wrong. me betting against TCU, yeah. so buyer beware with Texas this week. I'm, I'm going to have to pass on this one. I think you're right about the over, though, because I don't see a lot of defensive stops in this game. It, it's similar to the UCLA 
Oregon game that we talked about two or three weeks ago, is that, uh, hey, 70 is a high total, but I can only bet it over, and that's kind of my thought with this game. I think there was one punt in the Oregon-UCLA game, if my memory serves me correct. There will be not many many punts uh, on Saturday in Eugene, so a good one there. I want to get to the Pac-12 a little bit later on the show because there are huge games next week, as mentioned, Oregon and Utah and UCLA and USC. All right, that's going to do it for the main course. A couple plays. We've got more plays coming right now in those spicy matchups. Spicy matchups. All right, Matt. A letdown spot du jour. What is it? LSU visiting Arkansas. LSU up to number seven in the college football playoff rankings after their 32-31 overtime win against Alabama. Uh, I felt like they were the better team all night long. It goes to overtime and you know, credit to Brian Kelly for going for two, uh, keeping it in his own hands. You have to go for two in the next overtime anyways. I don't really understand why he got choked up post game, but hey, good for you, Brian Kelly, on that victory. Is this a letdown spot going to Fayetteville with an Arkansas team that what the hell is going on with Arkansas? You lose to Liberty. Yeah. You had your starting safety get arrested or put his hand on a cop, and he's uh, suspended for this game. K.J. Jefferson is all banged up. So initially, when these lines came out, Matt, I had a buddy of mine who talks about college football for a living and said, why is LSU only three? I said, well, because Arkansas is probably the right side. And now it's up to four at some spots. Mm -hmm. I still would lean dog here because I love the situational spot, but it feels like something's amiss with Arkansas right now. So I'm usually the one who criticizes guys for crying, and now, now it's you. You're jumping all over Brian Kelly. Why did he cry at Notre Dame? I was just saying. I'm sympathizing with Brian Kelly because that was a huge win. It was a heartfelt moment. He he um, he, he pushed out all his chips in the middle of the table, eh. and he won. What, Tim? Yeah. Huh? Get out of here. You still you still hate Brian Kelly for ditching Notre I didn't, Dame? I don't hate Brian Kelly. I'm very huh? grateful for what he was able to do to that program over the years. <laughs> all I'll say is Marcus Freeman now has as many top five yeah. wins at Notre Dame as Brian Kelly mm-hmm. did. <laughs> What do you got for this game? Brian Kelly also never lost to Marshall. Marshall. Well, he did lose to Tulsa (laughs) and South Florida. You know, this is a weird game because it was early in the week. You know, when I saw Brian Kelly crying and uh, the the fans storming the field, I said, okay, I got to bet against LSU next week. The the Tigers just won their Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. essentially. They beat Nick Saban, slayed the dragon. They went 32-31. That, and I give Brian Kelly a lot of credit for making that call. I think it was the right call. I was I sitting in here in the studio doing a show with Scott Spreicher at the time, and um, I said, uh, Scott, if if uh, LSU scores here, I think Kelly's going to go for two. You know, it would be the right thing to do. Yep. And I can't believe that Jaden Daniels scored on one play 25 yards. <laughs> you know, that's another indictment of the Alabama defense. That doesn't happen against Nick Saban defenses. What's going on, what's going on here? So Kelly made the right call. How about that crowd, by the way? And this is why college football is king. 102,000 fans in Baton Rouge for a night game like that, 32-31. Tim, when can you recall an NFL game with an atmosphere that even comes close to something like nothing. that? Nothing. Nothing does. In Buffalo, I know you'll have great crowds in January. It'll be fun to watch. But it, nothing compares. And, you know, the funny thing, and I'm not saying that LSU wouldn't have won this game, Matt, but we talked about it a little bit last week and why I liked your bet and I should have hailed you on it. Because CBS put – Texas A&M and Bama in prime time, it felt like, well, LSU is going to get the short stick here. They're not going to get to play Bama in prime time. 
But then you had the Tennessee-Georgia game line up perfectly, so Mm -hmm. LSU really reaped the benefits of Tennessee and Georgia being as good as they were, so they got to put that game in prime time, which which is where it normally is and where it deserves to be. And, you know, Death Valley in prime time is – I've never been there. Uh, You know, shouts to uh, Jimmy Ott for inviting me down. Come on now. Uh, but I would I would love to go Death Valley for a night game, and I'm sure that scene was was second to none. We'll see if we can get you tickets next year when uh, LSU plays Southern Southern <laughs> on a Saturday night. <laughs> but uh, Arkansas, I, look, I'll probably just out of principle take a little. It's on a Arkansas. spot play. It right? is. It is the the biggest. I think it's the bigger spot play than Notre Dame yeah. Navy, which we're going to get no to doubt. here in just a moment. This I mean, is spot play of the week. Like I said, LSU just won its Super Bowl, essentially. Now is a road favorite uh, against a, a conference opponent that just got embarrassed and a loss to Liberty. And, hey, Liberty's not a bad football team, by the way, t- ranked 23rd going into last week's game. Uh, but here's why I've cooled on this a little bit. And by the way, Tim, Arkansas in the previous two games had totaled 93 points against um, – Auburn, and BYU. So it's a pretty good Arkansas offense uh, previous to the Liberty loss. But why I've cooled on this a little bit during the week is that getting reports now, I I think it's more than rumors. I've heard from a good source that there's a real chance K.J. Jefferson's not going to play in this game. And there's talk that he's got a shoulder injury. It's obvious he's not the same quarterback that he was early in the season, even even though he looked pretty good on the last two drives of uh, last week's game. He didn't look very good before that. If, if there's a chance that K.J. Jefferson's not going to play, Tim, I, I really don't want to be exposed too much on an Arkansas bet here. Even though I love the spot, I think they're in big trouble uh, without him. And so it's kind of like a wait-and-see situation for me at this point. Even though I've already got a bet on Arkansas, uh, I can you know find a way to get out of it right now if I want to. I, I, I took three-and-a-half with uh, Arkansas. Where do you think this number goes if we find out on game day KJ Jefferson is out? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know their backup situation all that well. Backup's not very good. Uh, but it's not KJ Jefferson. I, I would have to think Malik Hornsby. Uh, I would have to think, or is it Cade Horton? Well, I've seen them both play, and I don't yeah. want to bet on either one of those yeah. guys. So I do uh, think, you know, they, they're going to want to run the ball with Sanders over 1,100 yards, one of the better running backs. And I think they'll get push. So does this go north of seven if KJ Jefferson is so. out? I think seven would be the ceiling. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, but, uh, so we'll we'll see. I'm I'm in the same boat. I, I want to play Arkansas. Seems like something's amiss down there. Uh, this though, uh, an interesting tweet that you sent me. There is a college football team get, getting NFL level action to cover the spread this week at Caesars Sports. LSU has received more spread bets than every NFL team except for the Falcons. LSU also has more money to cover the spread than 22 of the 28 NFL teams. That's crazy. That was uh, from Max Meyer over at Caesars. All right, another spot play. Notre Dame taking on Navy, Matt. Notre Dame coming off of the 35-14 dominating victory. Somehow the under did not come home. I don't know how. Uh, this game will be played in Baltimore, noon kick on ABC, and you have seen a steady movement towards Navy in this game. Circus Sports on Sunday. Always check out the Lions Revealed show with JVT, by the way. It's part of this feed as well. If you want to listen to it live on 2 p.m. each and every Sunday. This thing opened up 19, 
it quickly got bet down mm-hmm. to 16 and a half. And right now at time of record, 15 and a half. I see some 15s out there. Notre Dame, I'll say the stat. You can give your analysis. Notre Dame this year as a underdog or as a favorite of less than a touchdown, 5-0 and ATS. As a favorite of more than a touchdown, 0-4 ATS with outright losses to Stanford and Marshall. This seems to fit that spot. Let down after a big emotional win. Fans storm the field. They're in the top 25. Is this a spot to fade the Irish? I think so. And um, I did take 17 with Navy. I don't know if this number is going to get back there. Uh, but I would, have to, I would have to get 17 if I'm going to play it. So I don't want to recommend it less than that number. Uh, Notre Dame, off the victory over Clemson and previous to that, the win at Syracuse, Tim's been a little bit fortunate. And the Irish made their breaks. They've scored on special teams, scored on defense. Uh, but what they did against Clemson that, that shocked me was they ran for 263 yards. And that was a Clemson defense that came in number seven in the nation in rushing D, allowing 88 yards per game. And Marcus Freeman, I thought the quote was telling. He said, uh, quote, we didn't foresee this game going this way. In other words, he was talking about we didn't think we were going to be able to overpower Clemson at the line of scrimmage like we did. Uh, but the thing about Navy, if you watched any of the midshipmen play against uh, Cincinnati last week, they're – they're pretty good on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, they can run the ball. They're decent at stopping the run. This is going to be one of those games, Tim, where I think I would probably look to the under, too, because it's going to be a, a, a ground-oriented game all the way and a lot of running clock. You're not going to see a lot of explosive plays on either side. I would look under an underdog. I think Navy can hang in there. It's a little bit of a, a hangover spot for the Irish. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, uh, you know, I don't think the, the atmosphere is really going to be great there in Baltimore. Oh. Noon kick. Neutral site, I, I would imagine most Notre Dame fans won't be there. Um, and uh, I, I will point this out, though. Ty Lavatai would have given this Navy bet a lot more oh, validity no to it. No and uh, they are on to their backup quarterback, Xavier Arline, who is a decent athlete, ran it okay last week. But Lavatai felt like he was starting to figure it out mm-hmm. with that triple option, and he is done for the year. So big loss there. Something to note. And you mentioned Clemson's run defense. I didn't realize this. Now, Navy hasn't faced a run offense of the caliber of Notre Dame. Navy's rush defense is seventh nationally, allowing just 88 yards per game. So I fully anticipate Navy to sell out to try to stop the run and make Drew Pine beat him. And Drew Pine is a MAC-level quarterback, FCS-level quarterback. We'll see. So, uh, yeah, I would not lay it with the Irish. Situationally is a bad spot. And, you know, you mentioned Brian Kelly and kind of over the years kind of figuring out things, how to not to avoid those letdowns. So far, Marcus Freeman has not avoided those letdowns. You come to Las Vegas, you beat BYU, really good crowd. You mm-hmm. go back home, you lay a turd in the punch bowl against Stanford. You know, you, you give it all your effort against Ohio State, you lose outright to Marshall. So we'll see. Um, it does feel like this Notre Dame's got some mojo going, but. Uh, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet on the Irish. So certainly can't oppose you uh, betting on Navy. And lastly, Navy always gets in the back door. They'll never quit. Think about Notre Dame too. If Notre Dame goes up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you think that defense is going to be raring to go to stop the triple option? No, probably not. Uh, I don't. I, I never like to bet 
on uh, a potential back banking door. on a back door, saying, uh, "Well, I mean, hopefully my team can get in the back door." No, I, mean, I think I but, think your handicap's yeah. right. I just say, you know, I would just say that the fact that Navy doesn't quit. What was that Friday night game they were playing? Oh, in, that uh, was ridiculous. SMU or SMU something like game. that. Last yeah. week they actually scored late in the fourth quarter too to to cut it to twenty to ten against yeah. Cincinnati. Their offense is not humming, so we'll see. I, you know, Marcus Freeman and Al Golden both have uh, uh, extensive. Um, time against the triple option, so it's not like it's going to sneak up on them. Enough on Notre Dame Navy to a team that you mentioned you can't get a feel on Oregon. I don't want to mush you, but, man, you know how to handicap Purdue. That is your squad. You know when to fade them. You know when to follow them. They're on the road at Illinois. Illinois coming off of an inexplicable loss to Michigan State. (laughs) Noon Eastern kickoff, the Illini, number 21 still, Taking on Purdue and Illinois is laying six and a half in this spot. Yeah, I haven't bet this yet because I, you know, want to get seven. Obviously, I don't want to have to pay to get seven. I want to see if somebody's going to move it there before you buy the half point to get there. But I like Purdue, and I think the Boilers are going to be live dogs here. Jeff Brom is much better in the dog role. The trends go back. He's been there six years now. When he's a dog, he's dangerous. Uh, when he's a favorite, he's dead money. And that's uh, been the situation last week. I was on Iowa, and I thought that Hawkeyes defense is going to give the Purdue offensive problems. That was uh, Iowa defense is allowing 3.9 yards per play. Purdue came in scoring 32.8 per game and scored three points. Now, it was windy and it was cold, but still, Purdue's been able to operate that passing offense in those conditions in the Midwest before. I have to give the Iowa defense the credit for that. Uh, Illinois. A lot of good numbers. Even if you looked at the box score last week in the Michigan State game, uh, the Illini have a lot of numbers that uh, are favorable. But uh, I do think they've been a little bit fraudulent, Tim. You know, I never really thought they were legit in terms of a team that was going to storm through the Big Ten West and give Ohio State a fight in the Big Ten championship game, Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, What Purdue can do is uh, contain the run. Purdue's actually – a pretty good run defense. And if you watch the Purdue-Minnesota game, you would agree with that. And uh, there have been some other cases of it, too. Purdue shut down uh, Syracuse on the ground as well. So I think the one thing that Illinois does best, run the ball, is one thing that Purdue's defense can't do is stop the run. And I expect this offense to uh, bust out after being held down in that loss to Iowa a week ago. I think Purdue's live to win this game. So take the six and a half if you can't get seven, but certainly try to get seven. You know, this is uh, a game that I haven't bet yet either, but I would absolutely look towards the Boilermakers. Who wants to back a team that just lost to Iowa 24-3? to But Illinois just lost to Ill- uh, Michigan State, a yeah. team that, you know, has multiple defensive players suspended. Mel Tucker, by the way, tried to lose that game, throwing on third down with a minute and 10 to go when <laughs> Illinois had no timeouts left. Then, then missed the field goal, of course, because that's karma, and <laughs> Illinois almost uh, got back there, but... It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, freaking amazing. Eighty-five million dollars. Eighty-five million dollars. Uh, Seventy-five percent of the tickets on Thursday at Caesars on Illinois. Illinois was Ninety-one percent of the money on Illinois. Yowzers! Mm, okay. I would, 
I would look to uh, look a little bit towards the Boilermakers. That tells here you that spot. number might go to seven. Yeah, right? maybe. Very well. I'm surprised it hasn't gone there yet with uh, with that those numbers, those type of numbers. By the way, Illinois was a 17 point home favorite last week for those who might have forgotten. Purdue not done yet. By the way, as crazy as it sounds, Matt. Well, that's because the Big if, Ten West is a trash pile. If they beat Illinois, they have Northwestern and Indiana to close right. out the year. If they win on Saturday, they've got a good shot of going to the Big Ten championship to lose to Michigan or Ohio State by sure. seventy. Right. Uh, Louisville at Clemson. I think a favorite is Ohio State or oh, Michigan going to be in that Big Ten title oh, game. 24, 27, what's it going to be? Uh, keep on going, I think. Um, Louisville at Clemson. 3.30 Eastern at ESPN, on ESPN. I don't know what to do with this game because you and I, I think, are of a similar mindset. We don't really believe in this Clemson team. But my question to you is this, Matt. If the Notre Dame Clemson if the Notre Dame Clemson game doesn't happen last week, what is this line? Is it this low? Uh, let's say Clemson goes there and wins by three. Yeah, let's say yeah, let's just say, use that hypothetical. Clemson's a fourteen point favorite here, maybe. So, are you getting Clemson on sale? Not to say, yeah. look, I'll say this. You know, Black Friday is not too far away for people who like uh, sales. You know, I don't need no uh, more linens, even if they're eighty percent off. So. Mm-hmm. Do you need to buy Clemson on sale here? I don't know. Uh, what's their mindset coming off of that ass-kicking at the hands of Notre Dame? I don't know. Louisville's been playing much better, so how would you look at this game, and, and could you be interested in what feels like the ultimate buy-low spot on Clemson? I think the number would have been at least 13, right? I would think so. And nobody, and right now, not too many people want to bet Clemson. I'm not going to say nobody, but not many do because – you got a you got a quarterback confidence issue. You would think with uh, Dabo has really screwed up this quarterback situation. Well, well, the situation last weekend was ridiculous. I would have pulled DJ in the second quarter. I was watching the game. I said, if you want to win this, Dabo, you got to make a quarterback switch now. And then he puts in Cade yeah. Klubnick. He lets Cade Klubnick throw one pass. He gets picked, and he pulls him out. Pulls him out of the game. It's it. I don't know. Dabo doesn't know what the hell he's doing right now with those quarterbacks. So you got to. I think a confidence issue with both quarterbacks. You got a Louisville team that's won four in a row, and now all of a sudden you got a seven point number, which I don't disagree with in this game. I'd probably take the points with the Cardinals. I'm, uh, I've seen enough of uh, Clemson. I think, you know, you, it's a cliche to talk about the dream crusher game. Alabama loses last week out of the playoff picture. Clemson's done. It's a dream crusher type of loss. Yep. Dabo hasn't done a good job really coaching this team. I think motivation's got to be an issue. Uh, this week, and uh, believe it or not, Scott Satterfield, a lot of people were calling for his head not long ago. Looked like he was going to be fired, and all of a sudden he's got a hot team coming into this game. So I kind of like the dog. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I bet against Louisville last week, thought it was a sandwich spot, and Louisville was down 10-7, to and then they were up 34-10 and absolutely uh, hammered James Madison. So that was a bad bet by me uh, last week. I, I couldn't lay the seven with Clemson, but it does feel a little bit of like a buy-low opportunity and I don't think people out there are going to be racing to bet the Tigers here in this spot. Another maybe, I think it is a letdown spot, but when you're this talented, sometimes you don't avoid those letdown spots. Number one, Georgia, and rightfully so number one. They go to Stark Vegas and take on Mississippi State. Mississippi State last week, good bet by you on Auburn taking the points. Auburn took a lead in the mm. second half, and then ultimately Mississippi State's able to win that game in overtime, but what a spot to fade Georgia here. They are laying 16 and a half, Matt, 
on the road in Stark Vegas, a night game. Got to imagine that's going to be a phenomenal crowd. Uh, I think this is a play for you, and I, I might have to tell you on this one. It's going to be a play for me. I haven't played it yet. I wanted to see if I could get 17. You know, obviously, uh, anytime you're betting against a team like Georgia, you want to, you want to get uh, every advantage you can get, every <laughs> every half point you can get can make a difference. Kirby Smart also sits on leads, Tim, when you're talking about backdoors. He, he almost let Tennessee in the back door a week ago, and that game should not have been close. If you were watching it, it felt like Georgia was up four touchdowns, but somehow the Vols had a shot to possibly get in the back door late in that game, which uh, would have been the wrong side. Tennessee was the wrong side the entire way. I think Georgia was so jacked up emotionally for that game. This has got to be a flat spot coming off all the hype uh, for the Vols and the Bulldogs and that showdown in Athens. I think you're going to have a little bit of a emotional flat spot here for Georgia. And uh, Mississippi State's offense has had problems, real problems against Nick Saban defenses. And hopefully that doesn't carry over here to a Kirby Smart defense because uh, Mike Leach, his offense seems to be going the wrong way, even though the Bulldogs found a way to pull out that game against Auburn a week ago. This is another one of those that's more of a spot play than anything. I'm not a huge Mississippi State fan, but I think the um, – this Miss State team's a lot better at home than it is on the road. A lot better, really. If you go back, going back to the LSU game, that's when uh, Mississippi State really got exposed on the road for the first time. Uh, I think the Bulldogs could be a little bit flat, and you have to look to play the dog here. By the way, it's back-to-back road games for Georgia, Tim, next week at Kentucky. Yeah, and that's uh, preseason. That was thought to be a huge game yeah. uh, in that division. Um, I want to give a shout-out because uh, I heard this stat, and I couldn't find it anywhere else, so I'll give it <laughs> Absolutely give him the rightful due. Uh, Stuckey said that Mike Leach, as a two-touchdown underdog or more, Matt, is 16-7 and seven against the spread. I've seen some stats out there. I think last year it was like 23-8 and eight as a double-digit dog. Yeah, I mean, Michigan, Mississippi State, spot play, situationally. I know Wes Reynolds wrote it up for vsin.com as well. Uh, yeah, I, I would look towards uh, Mississippi State here. Uh, night game there in Starkville should be a, a very, very – Good crowd. All right, final spicy matchup, and one that I don't feel comfortable laying the points, so I'm going to do what I did with the Notre Dame-BYU game and and a couple others. I'm going to take Wake Forest on the money line. Mm -hmm. I think Wake Forest, they've had some turnover misfortune this year, the Louisville game with the six turnovers in the third quarter. Drake May is phenomenal. He might be the number one overall pick in the draft whenever he's draft eligible. He is really, really talented there for North Carolina. The worst thing on the field, I think without a doubt in this game, Matt, is the North Carolina defense. It is bad. And if you look at North Carolina, they're 8-1 and one on the year. They were fortunate to beat Appalachian State. Now App State came back and had the 40-point fourth quarter. I think they were fortunate to beat Georgia State. Notre Dame went down there and hammered them. They were very lucky to beat Duke. And last week, it wasn't pretty against UVA. So I think UNC's offense is, is very good. But you look at this Wake Forest team, Matt, and this is a team that this year has been a bit disappointing. Uh, they lose the game to Louisville. They lose to NC State uh, a couple weeks ago. But I like, uh, I like Wake Forest. It feels like maybe a buy-low spot off back-to-back losses. Their offense will not be stopped by North Carolina. And uh, the three-and-a-half scares me because – North Carolina has the ability to score anytime. So I will uh, I will lay minus 170 on the money line here with Wake Forest. 
Highest total of college football so far this year. I think we're up at 78, Matt, in this game. I don't see stops coming. Last year's game was 58-55 North Carolina. And I think some revenge is on the mind, too. Remember, Wake Forest was undefeated when they played an unranked UNC team last year yeah. at Keenan. Was it Keenan Stadium? Keenan Allen? Whatever it is. Keenan <laughs> Allen? Is it named after Keenan Allen? If it is, it's shut down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, give me the Demon Deeks here. Uh, in a spot, big game, rivalry game. Uh, the last two games, Matt, how about this? The last two games that Wake Forest and UNC have played, 59-53 in mm. 2020, 58-55. Uh, Godspeed if you want to play under, but uh, I'm going Wake Forest here on the money line. Yeah, I'm not going to play this one. It's going to be a back-and-forth game. That one last year was so entertaining. I remember watching that. I would probably – this is another one where uh, I'd play the over if I played anything. Probably. Yeah. I mean, those scores, 78, you could – if this, if I'm reading the board correctly, I think South Point right now has a 75. Which I don't think I've ever bet over a total that high. I'm not <laughs> sure I have. I've bet over 70 before. You know, I bet over 70 in that UCLA Oregon game. Yeah. But and uh, that's the only way I can play this one. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a shootout. All right, let's get to uh, a little off the radar spots. Off the radar. A couple games on Friday, Matt, and I'm going back and forth with this one. You got East Carolina at Cincinnati. Two weeks ago, I faded East Carolina. I thought it was a bad spot after they beat UCF. And they went out to Provo, and uh, they ended up winning outright as a three-point under against BYU. They've come off a bye week. They're playing Cincinnati. Sharp money seems to be showing on East Carolina. But my worry here is, am I buying at the peak of the market on an East Carolina team? I am not that impressed by Cincinnati. I have personally played East Carolina plus the five here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it'll be an official play, but uh, I do like East Carolina a little bit here in this spot. And then one other game on Friday. Actually, we can mention all three, but Fresno State UNLV. Brumfield was back last week. He was awful. Jake Hayner is back and is looking spectacular. Fresno State has everything in front of them to win the Mountain West. They went out. They head to the Mountain West Championship because they have the head-to-head tiebreak over San Jose State. Laying nine and a half here, though, against UNLV. Is this a spot where UNLV is live? They have been headed in the wrong direction here, Matt. You know, it's interesting, too, when you look at Fresno State. What's the team rating with Jay Kaner and without him? Oh, I mean, they lost it. No no offense. They lost UConn without uh, Jay Kaner. And now they found a way, and, and you think back, to that win over San Jose State, which was as improbable as it comes. You know, I think they got an onside kick, and it was just a wacky game without Hayner. Logan Fife is at their backup quarterback. I've got a 10-point difference, close to an 11-point difference in Fresno with or without Is he Hayner. the most important quarterback? He might be. In, in the country. I think so. I mean, team. you've seen uh, disparity in results for Fresno State when he's in and when he's out. And – He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in college football. I love him. Uh, last year, the performance he put out there against UCLA at the Rose Bowl was uh, something that nobody at Fresno State's ever going to forget. That I'm was going a, on was Friday leg- night. Where's that? I'm going. I'm going to the game. Oh, you going? I to got. I got to see him in person. I don't. Uh, I don't blame you. I wish I could go too, Tim. But You'll I'll be, be sitting here in the studio hosting a show. I'll look for you on TV. I'll be waving. Uh, Bring a sign. So I think UNLV. If you could get 10, might be worth a bit of a play. This is uh, UNLV's still got a chance to finish 6 and 6 because he's got two winnable games yep. after this. Uh, it just feels like the wheels have fallen off the Rebels at this point. 
Uh, but Brumf- with Brumfield back, he's a guy who's really valuable to his team, too. Mm-hmm. You mentioned he did not play very well last week. And that's they still true. cover, though. I, they covered in that 14-10 loss at San Diego State. I could see the Rebels sticking around in this game. Uh, but mainly, as of right now, I don't have a play. I'm not sure what I'm, what I'm going to do with it. Uh, I do want to watch it, though, because uh, Jay Kaner is one of my favorite quarterbacks. So I think... Man, I, I don't want to say the over is going to be a play, but maybe Fresno State's team total I, over. I was literally just about to say that. I, I think the play here would be Fresno State team total over because I don't think UNLV is stopping Fresno State. I just I don't. Um, all right, off the radar matchups. Let's go to uh, let's go down on the plains. Uh, this is a play that you and I both have a pair of three and six teams. So why wouldn't we want to bet this game, Matt? We've got Texas A and M taking on mm-hmm. Auburn. You were on Auburn last week. It has been a favorable spot outside of Nebraska, Oklahoma, to bet on the team with the new coach. USF, by the way, maybe we'll take a look at USF this week against uh, SMU coming off a 77-point performance. Yeah. Texas A&M at Auburn. I'll let you have the floor first. I've got some thoughts, too. Night game down there at Auburn. It will be a sellout, too. I think Carnell Cadillac Williams gets his first win here as interim coach. I liked Auburn a week ago. Uh, The Tigers, great effort in that comeback. One thing that concerns me, Tim, a little bit about Mississippi State against Georgia, Auburn held Mississippi State to 13 yards rushing last week. Is Miss State even going to try to run the ball against Georgia, or is Will Rogers going to throw it 60 to 70 times? That's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Last week, uh, Mississippi State threw it 59 times and uh, for 357 yards against the Auburn uh, defense. But Texas A&M still anemic offensively. I have no problems betting against Jimbo Fisher. You're talking about teams that the wheels have uh, fallen off, A&M, uh, Certainly one of those teams. Robbie Ashford did not throw it well, real well last week. Only 75 yards passing the freshman quarterback for Auburn. But he did run for 108. And with uh, he and Tank Bigsby, you've got a potent ground attack. They went for 256 on the ground against Mississippi State. And um, I think the Aggies are a fade. Auburn's uh, a bet-on team this week with uh, the new coach angle. I think carries over again this week. And I was a little bit surprised the Circus Sports actually opened Texas A&M as a two-point road favorite, and that's flipped the other way. Now I've had a flip of favorites where Auburn's laying two, but I like the Tigers. Yeah, I'm with you. And you you look at two teams that are three and six, and I think a lot of it comes down the care factor. How much does Texas A&M play, or how much do they care right now? They I were preseason, checked out. Right? They were preseason number six, I hope Matt. they checked out. And uh, Auburn yeah. fired their head coach, and they hired a guy that seems to be beloved by this team, He's a legend down there at Auburn, and I don't know if you caught this. Auburn tweeted out his postgame speech, and it was like it made me want to run through a wall. I, I thought mean, you were going to say it made you want to cry. Just, well, you know, maybe a tear showed up. It'll make me want to cry if uh, Auburn doesn't cover this weekend. <laughs> but I, I feel like this team, this will be Cadillac Williams' first game at home, as you alluded to, as uh-huh. the head coach. I think you get an inspired effort. And uh, take the money line. Don't mess around with the one and a half. Uh, minus 115 available at DraftKings. Uh, let's roll with uh, War Eagle here in this spot. Uh, another situational spot. Last week, my favorite play on the podcast, vcin.com, was Kansas. Love the spot. We knew that Oklahoma State was dealing with a lot of injuries. In addition, uh, we had gotten some good intel. And I think I said on the podcast, Spencer Sanders probably wouldn't play. 
It wasn't Gunnar Gundy, the, the Suns coach, but still a, a true freshman, and Kansas hammered him. Did you see what happened after the game? Stormed the field, ripped down the goalposts, and now you go on the road to Lubbock. And Lubbock is in a, the Texas Tech Red Raiders are in a similar situation. They're four and five, man. It's a first year head coach in Joey McGuire. They want to get to a bowl game. Mm -hmm. And this week, when chatting with the media, uh, he even alluded to the fact that he said, We know how important this game is. Texas Tech has played much better at home this year on the road. Uh, on the road, they're 0 4. At home, they're 4 and 1. And uh, I think this spot, now you're looking at the hook, three and a half. I think you can buy off that hook. I think I saw draft. Uh, I want to see DraftKings. You can get down at uh, minus one twenty. Get it down to the three. But I did think situationally, Texas Tech is the side here. Kansas bowl eligible for the first time since two thousand eight. And uh, I'll give a shout out to Brett McMurphy who joined uh, joined our show, uh, Veasan Primetime this week. Listener to the podcast, by the way. Um, and uh, he liked Texas Tech. I love the situational spot. Give me the Red Raiders. Guns up. I'll take Texas Tech. Lay the three. You know that's. Um... Now that you mentioned Brett McMurphy, I have to tell you that uh, what a great mustache that guy's got. Huh? Don't <laughs> is, you, don't you a, admire the mustache? I wish I McMurphy? could grow a mustache like that. Yeah. Wow. Um, we already mentioned Florida State, Syracuse. Uh, you and I believe two teams going in opposite directions. Florida State, I've paired with Texas in a money line parlay. Mm -hmm. Let's go out to the island, Matt. Okay. Hawaii. Late night. Utah State, 11 a.m. Eastern kickoff. I don't believe this game is on television. Pay-per-view somewhere. Hawaii at home against Utah State. I got to find out a way to watch this game, uh, but yeah, it's on that island pay-per-view deal. That's uh, that's hard to get. I think Dan Miller, who's a producer at Vsin, has got some sort of secret um, website or something where you can watch oh, all I, these secret events. websites. You get a little nervous huh? there. I believe I could be wrong. Listeners, tweet at Matt. Download the app Team One Sports, and you can get Hawaii games for free. Are you serious? I'm pretty sure, yes. Okay, I'm downloading the app yeah. as soon as this podcast is over. Team One Sports. Team One Sports, okay. yes. Not a sponsor. Could be. It should be a sponsor of this podcast. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm, so Utah State. I'm going to download. Lay an 11 and a hey, half Utah here, Utah State Matt. was lucky last week at home to beat New Mexico. Tim, this is not a very good Utah State football team. And by the way, uh, Utah State, I think, was trailing 10 to 7 in the third quarter at home against the Lobos, and they scored. They end up winning 27-10, but they scored on a 55-yard fumble return uh, late in the game to stretch that to 17. And then that's a New Mexico team that's getting terrible, just terrible quarterback play. And uh, the Aggies struggled at home to beat the Lobos. By the way, uh, the Aggies also went on the road to Colorado State, one of the worst teams in Division One, and won by four. They lost by 14 at Wyoming. This is not an Aggies team that's very good on the road. What's Hawaii's best role, Tim? Home dog, right? No doubt about it. You don't bet the Warriors when they come over to the mainland, but you can bet them on the island when they're getting points. And um, in Honolulu Saturday night, I'll take the 11.5. I made this number 3.5, by the way. And um, I think Hawaii's offense has started to uh, crank it up a little bit. Timmy Chang's found another running back in addition to Diedrich uh, Parson who can run the ball. Uh, we've got Braden Schrager playing better at the quarterback spot. Don't get – I think you're getting a couple extra points here because of the way Hawaii got uh, steamrolled at Fresno State as a 55-13 to 13 game. If you watched it, it was very ugly for Hawaii. Uh, but like I said, it's a different team 
on the man, mainland than it is on the islands. And I think uh, Hawaii's a live home dog here. I've played this angle a couple times this season, and it's hit. Uh, the last couple times, Hawaii's been a home dog. It's covered one outright and then uh, covered the last time getting doubles. Uh, I think Hawaii's going to be live to win this game straight up. I'll take the 11.5. I think this number's really inflated. I'll one-up you. Let's go to stores. I don't even think they play in stores, Connecticut. Hartford, Connecticut. Utah State opened the year against UConn. UConn covered that game. They were a 24-point dog. They covered. They lost by 11. Utah, or UConn this weekend, hosting Liberty. Did you know that the Huskies are one win away from bowl eligibility? It's a great coaching job this year. Liberty just beat Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Week before that, they beat BYU. This is a team, this is the ultimate team that plays down to the level of its competition. They beat Gardner-Webb by one. They beat Akron by nine. I don't know what the crowd's going to be. Probably sparse. But the people there will be cheering on their Huskies. I'm taking the 14 and a half with UConn. I don't blame you. I thought about it. I thought about it too. Day-Day Hunter also done for the year. Big loss there for Liberty. Transfer from Hawaii, by the way. uh, Liberty is uh, a little banged up. And by the way, I know Virginia Tech is down. But Virginia Tech is coming to Liberty next weekend. And that is a huge opportunity for Liberty to kind of take over, for this season at least, the Commonwealth of Virginia. I think it's a terrible spot. For Liberty, coming off a win over an SEC team, they're eight and one. Uh, they, as I mentioned, they play down to the level of the competition. And give me the Huskies plus fourteen and a half. All right, Matt. Before we get out of here, let's uh, let's do a little big boys with big spreads. Big boys with big spreads. All right, we'll run through these really quickly. And uh, if you have any thoughts, we'll we'll do six games. We'll do three, and then uh, if you have anything, let's fire away. Colorado Friday night at USC. The Fighting Mike Pritchards. Uh, they are catching 34 and a half against USC. By the way, USC, UCLA next week. Look ahead spot, maybe. Mm-hmm. Indiana visiting Ohio State. They are catching 40. Wow. And Tennessee off of their loss. Is this a sleepy spot or are they mad? They're laying 20 and a half, Matt. Those three games, anything of interest? You know, I don't want to <laughs> just play the dog because. I'm just playing the dog, but I think all three of those teams could be looking ahead or in a little bit of a flat spot of what happened the previous week. Ohio State, uh, the time to bet against the Buckeyes was last week in Evanston. And that wind? And the wind, the cold. uh, The Buckeyes looked bad last week. And I don't necessarily think – I don't think they're going to say, hey, we got to score a bunch of style points this week and regain the, the public's faith. Uh, by put, hanging 70 on Indiana, but it might happen. Indiana was in a really good spot last week against Penn State and got blown out in Bloomington. So those three, I think Indiana would be the one I'm least likely uh, to play, but I could see Tennessee being flat this week, Tim. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, the Vols are a little bit flat off the Georgia game, and uh, USC's got bigger fish to fry down the road and uh, could let off the gas you know, against Colorado. I'm not really excited about any of the three dogs. Uh, but I don't want to play those favorites either. We're going to get to the team that uh, uh, USC is going to play here in just a moment because they're laying a big number too. But how about USC giving up 35 last week to Cal? Mm-hmm. That defense is terrible. Uh, Nebraska at Michigan. The look-ahead line or the game of the year line at South Point was Michigan minus 12. It is Michigan minus 31 this week. Casey Thompson <laughs> will not play no. for Nebraska here. 
Stanford visiting Utah. Uh, the Utes are laying 24 against the Cardinal. And Arizona is on the road at UCLA. I could be intrigued to take the 20 with the Wildcats here at UCLA. I know that's a team that you've bet a couple times this year. Um, I'm going to punch myself in the face. If I bet Arizona again and lose... <laughs> I can't stand it. It's driving me, driving me crazy. I'm, I'm tempted to play Arizona again this week, and I just look uh, ahead to uh, USC. No home field advantage. Weird spot. Uh, it's it's a great spot to bet Arizona. <laughs> it is good. It's a really good spot to bet Arizona. I'm very tempted. Very tempted to do it. Do we get to 21? It's I'm at not, 20 I'm, right now. I'm not playing Nebraska because the quarterback play is just a complete joke at this point for the Cornhuskers. Of course, they showed up last week and were competitive against Minnesota. Uh, what was the other game you mentioned? Right, uh, Stanford, Stanford. 20, think, 24 point favor. Stanford, underdog. Stanford just got uh, embarrassed at home last week by Washington State. I want nothing more to do with David Shaw. I'm done with David Shaw. I think Stanford should be too. It's time to move on, find a new coach uh, up there on the farm. Uh, so of those three, Arizona's a, poten- a potential play for me, Tim. All right. Like it or not. All right. <laughs> Let's get to it. We've uh, been chatting for almost an hour. Let's get to our Best Bets recap. Best Bet recap. All right, Matt. Let's you fire away. The official podcast plays for you, sir. Okay. Let's hopefully, uh, let's have a winning weekend here, Tim. Let's do it. I'm taking Navy, but you got to have the 17. Uh, That's the only one where I'm saying you got to have that number if you're going to play it. Purdue. And I do think that's going to go to seven, but you can put me down for plus six and a half or seven right Sprinkle now. Sprinkle money line? And a little bit on the money line. I, I think you are going to see the Boilermakers win that game in Champaign. Uh, I'm going to go Auburn, Ole Miss, Hawaii, and go ahead and put me down for Mississippi State. Mississippi State, and I am going to play Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm going to join you. I'm officially in. Give me Arizona. I'm going to make the bet when we get off the air here. Uh, I'm with you on Auburn. Auburn money line. Uh, UConn plus 14 and a half. Huskies 8 and 2 ATS this year. Wake Forest on the money line. So that's a decent money line pay there. Minus 170. Texas Tech minus 3. I believe you can get that at minus 120 at DraftKings. And I like Texas. They scare me. Late in games, I think they're going to beat TCU. So give me a Texas-Florida State money line parlay. You look around, you could find that for around minus 110. So uh, give me Texas-Florida State money line parlay. And yes, we'll ride with the Cats against UCLA in a a potential look-ahead spot for the Bruins as they play USC next week. All right, that's going to do it. Let's have ourselves a winning weekend. Follow Matt on Twitter, at MattHumans247. I'm at 1TimMurray. As we always say, please rate, review, subscribe. Tim, one more thing I want to say. Ben Fox has worked so hard on the College Basketball Betting Guide. Please check out the VSIN College Basketball Betting Guide season preview. It's about 400 pages, and and Ben has knocked himself out working on this thing, Tim. It is is loaded with... All great insights. So, yes, uh, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber and get that college basketball betting guide. I believe in two weeks you will be watching basketball. In Maui. In the Lahaina Civic Center there. Can't Uh, wait. A loaded Maui Invitational field. Follow Matt on Twitter. Follow me there as well. And subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell lots of friends to the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast.